Well, last week the markets were fairly optimistic about Omicron, that it wouldn't be as bad as the Delta strain, and that's been reflected in higher oil prices and much less caution generally. All of that helped the Aussie dollar. It was certainly glass half full last week. But will that last this week? Because the UK is certainly looking at a glass half empty at best. And US CPI, no big surprise on Friday. Not a great number, but no worse than expected. So what does that mean for the Fed's tapering timetable? And the Bank of England and ECB also meeting this week. It's a busy one. It's Monday the 13th of December 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, another strong day on Friday for U.S. equities. The S&P 500 is up almost 1%. That's a rise of 3.8% over the week. The Nasdaq rose 3.6% last week, 0.7% on Friday. It was also a good week for the DAX and the Eurostox 50 and the CSI 300 in China, all up around 3% over the week, but they were all down, actually, on Friday. The U.S. dollar was also down on Friday, losing 0.2% on the DXY, but that means it was basically flat over the week. Two currencies that did do well, the Norwegian krona up half a percent on Friday and two and a half percent over the week. And the Aussie dollar up a third of one percent on Friday and two and a half percent over the week as well. Now it's 71.7 US cents. US Treasury yields fell sharply on Friday, especially at the front end of the curve. Two years down three basis points, 10 years down one and a half. But that was on a week when yields had been rising. 10 years were up over 14 over the week, 30 years up over 20 basis points. That's not happening everywhere. In fact, it's not anywhere really to that extent. Aussie 10 years, for example, fell four basis points on Friday, but two and a half basis points on the week. UK 10-year gilts fell over the week, but only by a small amount, by a smidgen. And oil continues to rise. WTI and Brent both up 1% on Friday. WTI up 8.2% over the week. Iron ore and coal both up quite a bit as well through last week. So I sense it's going to be a busy week this week, not just central banks, but also lots of COVID news too, I fear. Here's uh, Nabs Ray Atrill. Uh, now, look, there is a big, I wonder, are we going to see a bit more hesitancy uh, this week, Ray? Because it was all sort of glass half full last week as far as COVID was concerned. But we've had research over the, the weekend suggesting two jabs of the existing vaccine, uh, particularly if you take an AstraZeneca, is going to offer little immunity to this new strain. A third jab offers 75% protection, so that's good news. But the UK, just in the last couple of hours, has raised its COVID alert level to level four, which means transmission is high or rising exponentially. The number of cases in the UK of this new strain was 1,239, which is double what it was the day before. It's quadrupled in four days. And now the UK Prime Minister is making an announcement very soon, shortly after this podcast, 8pm UK time, Sunday night. So there's not a lot of good news in all of that. Can can the glass stay half full? Or are people going to start taking a more pessimistic view, do you think? Well, morning, Phil. Um, got a lot to unpack there. And, and the answer is, I don't know. But you know, mm. all I can say is that the S&P 500 went out at a new record high. So if you think about all the all the volatility and the market setbacks that we've seen uh, in the last month have all been because of the Omicron news and, and fears as to what that might do to you know the speed and extent of global economic reopening. And um, you know, reading the news, the same news that you've been reading over the weekend, I must admit, I was uh, pretty discouraged by, and particularly that you know, given the number of people you know, here in Australia that um, who's who's have, have had AstraZeneca uh, rather than any of the mRNA vaccines, and, and knowing that that just being double jabbed is providing virtually no immunity, which is what I think that UK health service study revealed mm. on Friday. Um, and I think that uh, 
the response from the government here has been that they will bring forward the um, the time between second AstraZeneca and, and a booster jab to five months from six, which isn't particularly uh, comforting, I'd have no. to say. Um, so that, that obviously is the risk that we are going to go into the end of year period with a bit more uh, caution. Maybe you know, maybe some investors want to take some risk off the table, given, of course, that uh, you know the risk is as we go into sort of Christmas gatherings, then that is going to further you know expand the rate at which uh, at which Omicron develops. But you know, all that said, we still you know the comfort and the glass half full view is is obviously based on the very low numbers of uh, uh, of deaths attributed to the Omicron variant, and you know, and, and so far at least, evidence that that hospital systems are not being overwhelmed. Now that situation, of course, may change, and I think that's where you know the fears of restrictions having to last for longer uh, and what that does to the economy is, is obviously um, you know a, a, an ever present risk at the moment. So um, all well, that I've got to say, I don't know, but you can see, you know, if, if we end up <laughs> we the next but none of us know, weeks, do we? With, with risk markets. Yeah, we, we, ha- <laughs> we have to wait and see what those numbers are. So the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, uh, this was over the weekend as well, saying that unless the UK does more, unless they introduce more draconian measures, and then, you know, this, this week they basically just said, well, you've got to wear a mask uh, just about everywhere and work from home if you can. They say they need to do more than that. Otherwise, there's a risk of between 25,000 and 75,000 deaths over the next five months in the UK. So they're obviously expecting there's going to be a rush on, on hospitals. But who do you believe in this context? Mm. It's difficult. You've just got to wait for the data. Yeah, well, let's see what Boris has to say. Presumably, he's cancelling the Downing Street Christmas party. I guess that's the main purpose he's already of the announcement. Now, he? <laughs> <laughs> he's cancelled last year's Christmas party. I think that's probably what he's doing. <laughs> they're the one there wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. So, OK, let's move on to inflation, which is the other big concern. Although, you know, US CPI on Friday, I guess there was, you know, there was a question mark as to whether it was actually going to be a lot worse, but it wasn't that bad. It was 6.8%. Well, that's quite high. That was the headline number, the highest since 1982. But there were fears it would be higher than that, weren't there? Um, yeah, I'll call you out on that saying it wasn't that bad because it was terrible in absolute terms. Um, the market reaction was exclusively because I think markets have, you know, after, you know, um, what's the n- next number in this sequence? Upside, surprise, upside, surprise, upside, surprise in the last three months. And then we've had a number that's come in bang on expectations. So clearly markets, uh, you know, whether it was equity markets or bond markets, um, were braced for the risk of an upside surprise and potentially an, an headline inflation printing above 7%. And uh, so that didn't happen. But that 6.8% headline, um, as we were saying in Friday's podcast, and has pushed that to, to be the highest number since 1982, up from sort of 1990, following the October release and, and core inflation up to 4.9 from 4.6. And, you know, and I think, you know, looking at the entrails of the number, yes, you know, we had some of the usual suspects there, like uh, used car prices, airline fares, lodgings away from home. So hotel rates and you know, all boosting the headline numbers. But the real uh, the real kicker in the number was that um, the cost of housing, uh, known as the shelter component, was, um, you know, which is over 30% of, of core inflation, was up over 0.4% for the third day, the third month in succession. So we've really got housing-related inflation running at close to 5%. And, and that mm. is nothing to do with the transitory story whatsoever. And that is really what's telling you that underlying inflation here is uh, 
you know, it, it, it's the real story, I think. And, um, you know, that is obviously going to feed into this week's Fed decision. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I wasn't saying uh, 6.8% was a good number. It's just that people were fearing it could be higher. But take your point on, on, on all of that. At least, yeah. it's not, at least we're not at the level we were in 1980 when it got up to 13.5%. I don't think uh, the central banks could do too much about that, could they, given how much housing debt everyone's carrying? Uh, which brings us nicely onto what the FRMC is going to do. Um, so it, this will be ammunition, won't it, to speed up the tapering program. So when is it going to be? When's it going to end? Is it going to be March, June? September's too slow, isn't it? Well, the strong expectation um, is that it's going to end in March. So what that means is doubling the rate of tapering from $15 billion a month um, that was only announced last month, remember, to, uh, to doubling it. And that would mean we go from, uh, you know, we go, we'll have gone from 120 to zero uh, in the space of about uh, four months. So that seemed to be baked in the cake after Jay Powell threw his hat in the ring in support of that a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I think that's a, that's a given. Anything other than that would be a surprise. Um, and then the other big interest is, you know, how many FOMC members uh, are now going to cast their dots for 2022 rate rises. And the expectation there is that we'll end up with a median 2022 dot for two rate rises um, next uh, next year. Though interestingly, um, a survey that uh, that was out on Saturday that I participate in of over 100 of analysts and uh, strategists and market participants, the consensus is that the Fed will actually raise rates by three. Uh, three times, so three 25-point increases uh, last week, which is also the, the latest NAB view, which we published um, late last week. So we're sa- so the market's saying, we think the Fed's going to signal two, but we think you're going to do three. And uh, obviously yeah. there's a risk. La- that, Larry that- Summers is going further. He says there's going to be four. Well, that is the risk. And I, what I would suggest is that if the market, if the, if, sorry, if the Fed dots do come in with a median of three, the risk is that the market will say, well, that means you're probably going to do four and, uh, and that we would get an additional repricing of, uh, of Fed expectations for next year. And I think that's where a lot of the market risk comes from uh, in the coming week, whether it's bonds, um, you know, all the dollar or possibly even equities, which, uh, you know, has to be said, have obviously taken, um, you know, higher role, the prospect of, of, of rates going up uh, further and sooner than expected, pretty much in their stride, haven't they? Hence the, uh, the record close on Friday for the S&P. Right. But if it's supply-side inflation that's driving us, I know we've been through this uh, so many times before, so perhaps we shouldn't dwell on it. But if it's if it's supply-side and you push interest rates up, it's going to slow the economy. But actually, is it going to solve the problem if it's, uh, you know, it, it's just going to decrease demand, that's all? Well, th- that, that may not be true. Going back to things like shelter, for example, and some of the underlying measures, clothing prices, for example, um, you know, there is clearly an element of, uh, you know, of excess demand in some of those prices. And, you know, the question is, yes, all these sort of, supply chain price related increase or supply chain related price increases may well fall away may may but may may well go into negative deflation territory next year and then the question is well is that going to provide a sufficient offset from some of these underlying demand driven inflation pressures such that you know they net out to numbers that are close to two percent in the moment there isn't the confidence that uh, even as and when some of these transitory prices fall um, that we are going to see overall inflation and core inflation in particular mm. you know really falling as rapidly as, uh, as obviously the fed was uh, was claiming just a couple of months ago and it seems like attitudes might be changing at the bank of england a little bit i mean they were all set weren't they uh, to raise interest rates uh, we had uh, ben broadband though from the bank of england now he seems he's very much in the transitory camp he's basically saying inflation is going to hit five percent in the uk by spring then it's going to fall back uh, and aside from that if there's a risk 
of Omicron Plan C, depending on, you know, whatever uh, Boris says uh, in the next hour or so. Even with this these rising numbers, the, the Bank of England can't really do anything this week, can they, with that in the background? Well, that's our expectation, and I think it's also the market consensus now that, that, that Omicron, you know, it would say be used as an excuse, but um, so if the Bank of England is coming out, you know, that literally has a, you know, it has a single target, doesn't it, inflation? Um, I don't know how confident it can be that it is transitory, but they can certainly use Omicron as a as a reason to sit on their hands, at least for another month or two. And, uh, you know, as we as we say almost ad nausea, you've also got, you know, tax increases coming down the pipe in the early part of next year, and we've still got all the uncertainty over whether or not um, the government would decide to trigger Article 16. So I think the, the, the BOE is painfully aware of the risk that it will be tightening just as the economy starts to be you know starts to weaken by being hit from from several sides at least but um you know that said they've made it very clear they can't sit there and tolerate five percent inflation indefinitely but um but i think as far as this week is concerned i think that uh, omicron provides a sufficient uh, excuse for them to say let's just hang on and, and see how the land lies after christmas but um clearly rate rises at this stage are coming and are, and are pretty well priced but it looks like a you know an early 2022 affair yeah. at the moment rather than a a Christmas present to uh, to the market this yeah. week. Well, there we are. Maybe they can push them up in April, so it's going to coincide with people having their uh, their taxes going up as well. But anyway, uh, the People's Bank of China, uh, they seem very keen, obviously, to try and stop any appreciation in the yuan, the, the daily, daily fixing, that mid- midpoint at which the yuan can trade, supposedly on, uh, on the day before's trade, was a lot weaker than expected on Friday. So, I mean, should we keep an eye on that, on that daily fixing this week? I mean, uh, it wasn't that long ago, was it? They were being accused of currency manipulation for trying to push it up. So uh, how far are they going to push it this week, do you think? I think they've made it pretty clear through their actions last Thursday and Friday. So that was the second successive day when the dollar yuan fixing was uh, was higher, so the yuan weaker than um, your previous day's market price action. So, you know, the, pret- or the uh, pretense that uh, this is a very much a market-driven rate. Um, you know, we were disabused of that notion both Thursday and Friday. We had that increase in reserve requirements for banks, uh, foreign exchange holdings, for example, um, and a lot of sort of commentary in you know official journals suggesting that the uh, the period of uh, you know of CMY appreciation has pretty much run its course. And and if you look at the, the strengthening of the one in overall sort of trade weighted terms, um, it's been going from strength to strength. So it's not just the you know the the, the fall in the dollar US. Dollar dollar one rate that's been driving this so um yes i think you know certainly as far as you know our own you know published forecasts have pretty much you know stability you know as the watchword for the next few months and i think that that action of uh, of last week just sort of reinforces that view that um you know for the time being at least i think that they see stability as probably being in their best economic interests and locally we get the employment numbers for australia this week now they are expected to be strong aren't they but uh, not enough to nudge the rba to move faster is it on anything not really no i think it really is they're locked on to inflation and wages readings and um, you know and, and these employment numbers should be they should be a, a stonker we're looking for something well north of 200,000 which really reflects the you know the economic reopening that took place in october and november but we're really looking for evidence on wages so um you know Dare I give a plug to the NAB Business Survey, which is out tomorrow, I think. So, you know, the, the, any indications there, which, of course, I haven't seen the numbers. So, uh, you know, with that caveat that, that the indications on how labour market tightness may or may not be 
translating into uh, you know, sort of the various indicators that will be consistent with with, with wages going up or not uh, may actually be more revealing, I think, than the labour market numbers this week. I tell you what, things aren't easing off, are they? At the moment, it's going to be a heck of a week. And of course, we will be right across it all on the morning call. We're right here till Christmas. We'll catch you again soon. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Phil. Well, when I say right here till Christmas, we are going to knock off a couple of days before Christmas, but we'll hear all this week and a bit of next. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you tomorrow.